You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast sponsored by Go Proposal by Sage. I've been a student of value pricing for many years now. Understanding pricing has helped me to transform our firm's results and build a firm that can run without me. A key tool we use for pricing in our firm is Go Proposal. It allows us to build the price in person with the prospect and send out a proposal and engagement letter immediately, which has saved us hours from how we used to do it before. Not only that, but being able to create a standardized pricing system within the software means everyone on my team can use it freeing me up from being the bottleneck. If you're not using it already, I highly recommend you check it out. Just head to goproposal.com forward slash sign up for your free trial. Now over to the latest episode of the Bookkeepers podcast. Hi and welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. I'm here with James Burt today from Phonic Media. Let us know if you're watching live, let us know if you're watching the replay. Um, it's really good to see you all. I'm really excited to chat with James. I hear from James, I don't know, you probably most days actually, you're in the Winners Club on Clubhouse and there's a big chat going on, lots of entrepreneurs and you run some of the sessions and I was actually listening to a conversation you had this morning with our friend Beji Solanke and uh, just hearing about his journey and uh, I always love your like friendly attitude but I also know you've got so much to support us with in terms of building our personal brand so thank you for today. Um, James do you want to start by telling us a bit about what you do? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And thank you for having me on first and foremost. Did anyone notice how defensive I got when Zoe said about my, I had an audio issue. I was like, I do not have an audio <laughs> issue, Zoe. You are the problem. Um, at least I kept that under wraps. My, my audio ego didn't kick in too much there. Yeah, so I have uh, got a production agency, so we're called Phonic Media. Uh, we've launched 162 podcasts for clients around the world. We work with celebrities, actors, athletes, and all that kind of good stuff. But we also, our bread and butter is working with entrepreneurs, business owners, and experts in their field to help them to effectively explode their brand, utilizing the power of organic content. Um, my background is a failed radio presenter. Um, about 10 years, about 12 years ago now, actually, I had a, a gig on a digital radio station, a national station. They brought in the ex-head of Radio 1. He said, we're going to make some sweeping changes. My first change, I'm sacking you. I think you're terrible. He might have had a point, but I was very offended at the time. Um, and then for, after that period of time, I sort of worked in um, PR, marketing, branding. So I've been in and around the space for sort of about 16, 17 years now. God, that ages me, but it is the truth. It is what it is. Um, and then in 2012, I fell in love with podcasts. I was like, these are amazing. This is like radio, but nobody could sack you. Why don't I just do this? And then I sat on the fence for five years. And the reason I think it's important to tell people that is there's so many people who will be beating themselves up for the thing that they haven't done yet. I haven't started my blog. I haven't started my YouTube. I haven't started my podcast. It's fine. The best time is to start today. The best time other than that is to start tomorrow. But just get up and running because nothing is going to happen unless you take some form of action. And um, yeah, fast forward from 2017 till now, as I say, we've launched 162 podcasts for clients um, and content marketing and personal branding. It sounds well cheesy, but it's changed my life, which is why I'm so passionate about it. I had a very unfulfilling property management company that I was running before I sort of started a podcast. Um, and yeah, it's changed my world a little bit. And I think it's imperative for people, regardless of their sector or the space that they're in, to understand the power of personal branding and the, and personal PR, as I like to call it. Because unfortunately, whether you like this or not, and this is going to land for people in two different ways, you have now got two jobs. There's a thing that you do to pay the bills. And you are your own now full-time PR manager. Whether you like it or not, it's just the reality of it. Because if you're not showing up, if you're not being visible in your space, in your sector, then your competition is going to be. So I guess that's the sort of the, the two-minute sell on me, I guess. Oh, no, it's really useful. I love this, that everyone's now their PR manager. It's absolutely right. And I think... Um, sometimes we think oh I'm doing too much like definitely you know Joe and I we create content all day that's kind of what we do and we're like are we doing too much of this but I don't think you can ever be to doing too no. much of it um but it's it can be really distracting from the day job and definitely when we're speaking to bookkeepers they're like, I haven't got time for this I've just got to get on with my client yeah. work this um, you've touched on a really important point there and I want to touch on it to make sure it lands for people this is the day job uh, this is the day job. It's not like, oh, well, I'm doing the bookkeeping and then like, you know, then I'll put the kids to bed and then at seven o'clock I'll have a little play around on TikTok. You've got to think of it differently. If you're if you're doing social media, if you're doing personal branding in the right way, it's an income generating activity. I'm sure lots of the bookkeepers within the community talk to their clients all the time about, you know, being, uh, you know, delineating their time based on value and, you know, look at income producing activities versus admin time. And when you're doing the, that sort of stuff and how do you look at your high volume activities and all that kind of stuff? Content marketing 
is an income producing activity. It's, the, it's as important as the thing that you do for your clients. Now, it might not feel like it when you're especially like coming up to like tax season and all the rest of it. And you can be working 17, 18 hours a day in January to get to the 31st of January for the self, self-assessment tax returns, blah, blah, blah. We get all that stuff. But you have got to find whether you like it or not. And you normally won't want to. You have got to find the time. You have to make the time for this because it's as important as any other thing that you do. You know, would you? Yeah, if you had a client meeting, would you miss that client meeting? No, because it's in your diary. Diarize the time to make content because it's it's important. You know, you and Joe are testament to it. You know, why have you got such a big community? Why are you so well renowned in your space? Why have you got a brand new sponsor for your podcast? Why have you got you know b- best selling books? Why, when there's stage speaking opportunities, will they come to you and Joe? Because you bang social media content based on building your personal brand. It works, but you've but it but it is work as well. It works, but it is work. It's and it's hard work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, James, do you know I'm just I'm going to rewind a little bit for anyone who we've called this we've called this why you need to build a personal brand. And I wonder whether you can take us back to what it really means to have a personal brand for anybody who's new to this idea. Yeah, for sure. So I'm about to give you the only explanation of branding you're ever going to need. Get a pen and paper. This is going to blow your minds. I'm saying this ironically because it's not. Your brand is your reputation. Nothing more, nothing less. Your brand is your reputation. If you take nothing else away from this conversation, just remember that. Because I think especially these that you know, when I started out in, in PR and marketing, uh, yeah, it was 2000 and what, 2006? So yeah, 16, 17 odd years ago. And PR was done by PR people. Marketing was done by marketing people. Brand was done by branding people. Over the, the preceding 16 years, you know, when I first went into it, there wasn't a personal brand. No one, you know, social media was just coming to the fore. I remember working with Nando's um, on the launch of their table sources. So this was when they were first bringing their, their sources into retail. And we had a, a digital, we had a, we had a um, paid for ads agency. We had me doing on, uh, uh, um, sort of broadcast PR. We had general PR. We had billboard advertising, subway advertising. We had all these different people doing this different stuff. And personal brand just wasn't a thing. The brand people came in. They give us a piece of work going, this is the brand that we are building with these sources. You lot go and do it. But in the 16 years, it's changed. It's massively changed because we just didn't have the channels now. You know, Facebook is, is what billboards used to be. YouTube is what TV used to be. Podcast is what radio used to be. You've got the ability now. And again, I think it's so important to get this point across, Zoe. People sort of hate the idea of having to do the social media stuff, but it's free advertising. Back in the day, if you wanted somebody to pay for your bookkeeping services, you had to compete with everybody else in the same space down the same column of B for bookkeeper in Yell.com. Or on the or on like the Thompson directory for those who are old enough. There's probably a lot of some young people going, What's he talking about? These were books made of paper. Sorry, it was not ecologically sound or good for the environment. But you did that that was it. And and that's what branding used to be. That's what marketing used to be. That's what advertising used to be. But building your personal brand, why is it so important? Going back to your question, it helps you to stand out from the crowd. It helps you f- to identify who your target market is effectively if you get personal branding right this is really important for people it enables people to buy into you before they will buy from you and that's basically what you're doing you know when i do consultancy sessions now people might have listened to me on my podcast or whatever it may be they'll pay me 1500 quid plus vat for four hours and the reason i chose that is because it was more than my dad used to charge i don't know why just psychologically i just wanted to charge more than my old man used to charge who was an accountant by the way he used to love a bookkeeper um and that sale, I don't do, I do consultative selling or I tell them how they can pay my invoice. That's it. I don't feel like I'm selling myself ever. Obviously there's sales sort of environments that you go into, but I don't feel like I have to sell myself because my personal brand speaks for me. I'm, by the way, I'm not for everybody. I would be very marmite in my approach where I work with a lot of sort of high end CEOs to help them come up with their, their content strategy and deploy that marketing strategy. I know one way to do it, and that's organic content. It's not for everybody. Again, it's bloody hard work. It requires them to do a lot of the heavy lifting, and it's not always for them. But ultimately, people will buy into you before they buy from you if you get your personal brand right, and that's why it's it's so important. And here's the thing. Whether you want to do this or not, you've kind of just got to now. There's so few industries where you can rise right to the top of your industry without having a personal brand. You know, I was thinking, as I was saying it, then I was like, is there any, maybe like in the medical profession or whatever, but even still those people who write white papers and those people who have done the sort of the, the surgeries that people would talk about, you know, people in the accountancy space, there will be 
famous accountants in your space, you know, whether they're smashing mailing lists or they're great on LinkedIn or they've got a great podcast or whatever it may be, that's all personal brand. And if you think about the people that you've transacted with recently, if you think about the people who you've spent your money with, why did you spend your money with them? Because they had built a brand with you in, in their mind or they'd leverage other people. So for example, I know that you guys have got that new sponsoring go proposal. Why will people who listen to this podcast go and click the link in the show notes, which they should all do, by the way, and go and utilize that service and software because they are leveraging your personal brand because I know, like, and trust you, you and Joe. So if you guys say it's good, well, it must be good. So they're still using personal brand just indirectly. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I love what you're saying as well about billboards and like the things that absolutely would have been out of reach before. Um, I'm watching the comments come through at the moment. And by the way, thanks everyone who shared your light bulb moments. We're giving some prizes away this week. Uh, so I've got one here that says we're PR managers. I've got somebody saying their light bulb moment is that this is an income generating activity. Um, there's a question here that's come in though that says, um, there are two PR jobs to build and keep up with two brands. So our personal brand and our business brand, which is different. How do you do both? How do you manage them? Because they are different, aren't they? You know, your your business has a, a an identity of its own. And then you as an individual have a brand. What do you focus on and how do you like separate those two? So, so basically when I'm sort of developing a brand strategy, and again, I just want to make it really simple for people because there's so much like personal brand waffle that's out there these days and people make it sound so complicated. Your brand, your reputation, just remember that, right? But there are ways to work out what you want that reputation to be and then how to deploy that message in a way that engages with the market. So for example, core, and these are the things I always walk clients through. Um, so if you want to take a pen and paper, core values, USPs, mission statement, value proposition, ideal buyer profile, stakeholders, and target market. Now, if you focus on those six or seven things, I don't know why I was counting on my fingers and I lost count with my fingers. Great for a bookkeeping podcast when all you guys are great with numbers. Um, but yeah, those six or seven points will make sure that you're on the right track. Now, you do this exercise, Core Value USP Mission Statement, you do that for you and you do it for your company. And what you'll find is there'll be crossover points so there'll be things that you can talk about as the CEO, the MD, or the entrepreneur within that business. But here's the thing. If you've, again, for those who are business branding and business marketing is very, very differently done. So for example, within my, my podcast agency, all we really do is we frame a pain point and we show that we're the solution to it. So in terms of brand building marketing activity, we are showing that we are the experts in, in our field. What we also do is we leverage the results we're helping other people get. And we will share that stuff out. And that's how we're building that brand. But what I do as a personal brand, I do a lot more activity on my personal brand because I can then, what I class as a director's loan, I will director's loan my attention to the business or the thing that I'm, I'm working on. So as I mentioned at the beginning uh, here that we, we know each other very well through Clubhouse. Now Clubhouse was a, a social audio app and we created a brand within there um, called the Winners Club. That's now got 50,000 entrepreneurs and business owners in there. We've, we've done things like, you know, we've done live events and we've sold out tickets in, you know, 10 days before Christmas, at 150 quid a pop to over a hundred people because I can leverage the brand potential that I've got, the brand recognition that I've got, and I can place it towards that winner's club event. I'm speaking to EMC in a couple of weeks, which is a big entrepreneur's marketing conference. I can leverage my attention and tell people go and buy a ticket for that. If I launch a new podcast for a client, I can go, hey, this is our client. I can go and leverage my attention for that. So in, in answer to that question, yes, there are two things. You basically need to work out what the brand message is for both of those. Um, maybe you can think of it like a vertical. So you are one vertical. Your business is another vertical. By the way, you might have multiple businesses. So within my world, I've got the Phonic Content, which is the content marketing agency. I've got the Winners Club and all that kind of stuff that I do. I'm a sort of a speaker and a podcaster myself. So I've kind of got three things that I need to... To, to position myself as, but again, I use my personal brand to shine light on all of those separate things, but effectively core values, USPs, mission statement, value proposition, ideal buyer, stakeholder, target market, work that stuff out. By the way, that's not done in a matter of minutes. This could take you hours or days, even get really clear on that and then have a clear, again, not to be sort of like waffly, but a, a tone of voice. Like how do you want your brand to sound? How do you want it to feel? So like, for example, with what you and Joe have created, if I get on the mailing list, or I see the artwork, or I listen to the podcast or the YouTube, or I'm in one of the groups, I get the same look and feel and the tone of voice because otherwise a confused mind doesn't buy. It's like, well, who is it, Zoe and Joe really? 
and you've got your own entities and your own businesses and your own personal brands, but you've come together brilliantly to effectively, this is a business brand, you know, the bookkeepers bootcamp is a, is almost like a, a sort of a, a vertical of your brand. The podcast is a vertical of the brand. The community is a vertical of the brand, but you can, you, you've got a tone of voice. You've got an essence and a sense of what the brand stands for. Um, and yeah, so that would be my sort of slightly long-winded answer of how to, to cover those both off. But for those who are going, oh God, I've, you know, haven't got any time. If you've only got the time, and by the way, you've got to make the time, you're not going to find it, make the time. If you've only got time for one, focus on your personal brand because you can shine that attention to wherever you want it to go to. Oh, this is so good. And I'm like, I'm watching the comments coming through. And um, someone said, you know, I'm holding myself. I can't see your name. I'm really sorry. Um, I've held myself back. I need to stop hiding. And I think that that is a, just maybe a curse of being a bookkeeper and, or an accountant. You know, we try and sort of stay behind the computer because it's kind of our safe space. And we do need to change that now. Um, what's the danger of not doing that, really? Um, because you said your dad was an accountant. How did he feel about getting out of his comfort zone and raising his profile? Well, I'm fortunate not to sort of like put a, a damper it, but my dad's no longer with us and he passed away a long time ago. Sorry, I've, I've sort of ruined the, the vibe of the room. So he never got to the personal brand stage because he passed away before like social media was a thing. And categorically, knowing him very well, he would not have done it. He wouldn't have. He'd have gone, oh, what a load of nonsense. It's for children, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he's, that's actually quite a good impression for those who knew my dad. They'll be like, oh, yeah, that's quite good. He just wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have seen the value in it. He'd have gone, you know, oh, I'm going to give it to one of the kids in the office. I'm going to tell them to TikTok. You know, they're all ticky-tocking. <laughs> he, he would have thought of that. But ultimately, that business would have got left behind. If it, if, if it maintained the way that it was. But they, I, I guess it's probably like a lot of practices. It was reputation. You know, they got bought out in the end before he passed away. Um, and, you know, they were a very sort of uh, micro-successful company, sort of 30 30 odd staff, a great reputation. You know, all of the local businesses use them. Uh, his claim to fame was that he told, uh, who's the famous guy on Bake Off? Paul Hollywood. He po told Paul Hollywood uh, not to get into bread because there was no money in it. So maybe he didn't know a thing that he was talking about, frankly, because Paul Hollywood's done all right for himself. But he, he wouldn't have. He would have He would have got left behind. The danger is, and that is the danger, if you don't do this, you are going to get left behind. You're mm -hmm. going to become irrelevant. You know, look at people like, and I get it for bookkeepers, accountants. I've worked with a lot of dentists. Dentists are the worst. Like you you guys in the financial world, you're actually, you're quite good compared to dentists. Them lot are scared of their own shadows. And there's certain sectors where I think there's royal bodies and you have to adhere to a code of conduct and all that kind of stuff that that don't want to share themselves. But the, the point is you just have to. It's just that simple. You just have to. Or you, or you don't. You just, but you have to be willing to stay where you are and just hope that your your organic client base doesn't erode quicker than your sort of like lifetime that you want to run this business for. But what I would say, what I've found with a lot of people is they don't like everything feels a bit showy offy, especially accountants, dentists, um, who else have I worked with? Opticians, bloody hell, they're they're hard work as well. Shout out to all the opticians and the dentists. I do love you dearly, but my God, you make my job difficult. But ultimately, if you frame your experience and use it as a lesson, then it becomes branding, not bragging. So, for example, I can say to you that I've launched 162 podcasts. I can end that sentence there. I've launched 162 podcasts and we've got the most successful um, podcast production agency in Europe. End that sentence there and everyone's like, who's this guy? Who's he fancy? He, he, he likes himself a bit, doesn't he? But if I give you a lesson, it becomes branding, not bragging. So I've launched 162 podcasts. We've got Europe's number one podcast agency for successfully launching podcasts. And the number one thing that I find that most podcasters don't do is they don't market their podcasts very well. So are you using audiograms? Are you using TikTok? Are you using reels? Are you using clips? Because the promotion of the podcast is as important as the making of the podcast. So now just in that lesson, I've gone from being a bit full of myself to actually being full of useful information. If you turn your experience into a lesson and a learning, it goes from bragging into branding. And I think that's really important. And again, the, the thing that you want to do, if uh, to, it's a massive credibility accelerator, just keep shining the light on the results you help other people get. Because hmm. then it's not, you're not, you're literally not making it about you. So from all the podcasts that I've done, yes, we've had a lot of really super successful ones, but who really cares about what I've done? People care more about what it's done for other people. You know, I've got, I've, I've had people who've changed their entire life off the back of doing a podcast. You know, we've got a hypnotherapist who literally stopped, he's he stopped all other forms of marketing because he can't take the leads. He's, he's wow. just getting too many, he gets a quarter of a million downloads a month now. 
and he does these mad like soundscape movie based. I mean, that's pretty niche, right? <laughs> but I can show my credibility. This guy's just, you know, getting to a quarter of a million downloads a month. So I can use his experience and his success to leverage me because I'm the guy taught in podcasting. So it makes mm. me look great, but I can make him look great, which makes me look even greater. So that's what I'd say to, to the people who are listening to this. Find the lessons and the learnings in your experience. Give that lesson and learning. And if you do it in the right way, it becomes branding and not bragging. Because that's what most people are, are scared of. Oh, you know what people are going to think? Who cares? Yeah, that's really interesting because um, you, you've also, you know, you've set the scene of this is why you should pay attention to me. And hey, here's something that's going to help you that shows I know what I'm talking about. So it's not just here's some like stat that you want to hear um you have really helped people and supported them by saying you know this is the thing that you'll maybe and I would be like yeah we haven't done any TikToks with stuff from our podcast so straight away I'm like okay I need to pay attention here so yeah um podcasting that so my next question is about um how bookkeepers get known I want to talk to you about podcasting like I don't know any bookkeepers with a podcast do you think there's a missed opportunity here Massively, massively. I, I honestly think, and you might think, oh, as the podcast guy, he's going to say this. There is nothing that is more powerful for building expert authority and being a thought leader in your space than having a podcast or conversely being on other people's podcasts. Because a lot of people are like, well, what am I going to talk about every week? And what am I going to share every week? And I don't want to do it every week. And I haven't got the time. Fine. Create a guesting strategy because there are you know, millions of podcasts registered. There are hundreds of thousands that get launched every single month. Or, or, or that put out new episodes every single month. And you can leverage that audience. There's 56% of people will click a link in the show notes when they're told to do so, supposedly. So it's a great call to action medium. So I, I think as a clubhouse, when clubhouse first popped off, I, I'd never seen anything like clubhouse in terms of gaining attention and awareness and, get, and getting uh, attention for the thing that you were talking about. But what burns very bright tends to burn very short and it, and it did. And even then I was still saying, I think that even get all this attention, all the, all the quick attention on Clubhouse and then put them onto your podcast. Podcast is this weird medium where you can reach people at times when no other mediums can reach them. So when you're in the car, on the gym, in the treadmill, you know, you, shoot, you, you can't really out for a walk, you know, doing the washing up, pushing the, the kids in a, a buggy or whatever it may be. You get to people at times when nothing else can distract them. How many times these days when you've got, 70 million Facebook fan pages, when you've got 700 million uh, LinkedIn accounts, when you've got a billion YouTube channels, how many times can you actually get people's pretty much undiluted attention? It's not very often. And the other thing is with long form media, again, in terms of uh, our, our mutual friend, Matt Wilson, uh, who's a great marketer, he talks about the, the, um, the trust timer. So anytime, so for example, for people who've listened to this for, for 25 minutes or whatever we've been chatting for so far, Minus the full start at the beginning, which you can edit out. Now, don't keep it. That's brilliant. Um, but they, they've built up that trust time. Now, not everyone's going to like me, by the way. They might be like, oh, who's this Cockney white boy? Like, oi, oi. But some people, those who do like what I've got to say, and like, oh, this guy knows his stuff. I've now built up 25 minutes of trust timer with them. So it stands to reason if they're listening to this podcast, they might go and find my podcast. And they go, oh, I like this guy. He talks about branding. I've got a podcast that's all about building brands called Building the Brand. So again, they might now jump across to listen to my podcast. And then again, each week I put out content, which could be 30, 45, 60 minutes long. I'm now building up that rapport with that ideal buyer for that entire period of time. And not that they have to be an ideal buyer because they might be somebody who, who, you know, I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago, GB News reached out to me because of somebody who'd listened to my podcast who, who uh, inadvertently, his, his wife was a producer at GB News and she'd heard him talk about podcasting and was like, oh, who's that guy? Because we need him to go and talk to I ended up chatting to Michael Portillo. I was like, how on earth has this happened? Giant of a man, by the way, incredible socks, it turns out. Um, you know, I had Business Insider were doing a piece about um, Harry and Meghan's podcast agency and they were like, oh, uh, I said to him, how did you find out about me? He said, oh, you, our editor um, listened to your podcast and then followed your blog. These things are free to do. Like it's free back in the day. And I've done this, you know, as a fail radio presenter, the only way you could get your voice heard was if someone from the higher echelons of the broadcasting world decreed that you boy, we will take you and you will say what we want you to say. And you will play our music. You've got complete carte blanche now. It's completely your thing. So podcast, and here's the thing with podcasting, right? Everyone thinks, oh, everyone's got a podcast already. They haven't. They haven't. There's 4 million podcasts that have ever been registered. But in the last 30 days, only 8% of them put out a new episode. So 360,000 podcasts globally, this is. 
Now, that might still sound like a massive number. Well, there's 360,000 people to compete with versus 70 million Facebook fan pages, 700 million people on LinkedIn, a billion YouTube channels. And here's the other thing. While she might say, well, how big is the audience if there's you know 360,000 podcasts out there? Last month, there were 400 million downloads of podcasts. So if you average that out, and it's obviously not a fair average because some get a massive audience and some get next to none. But if you average it out, it's 1,200 people per show that went live. What difference in your business could 1,200 of the right people giving you their undivided attention do every single week? Do you know what? Scrap that because that might even sound too too much for people. What would it do? Let's say, for example, you, you get 10% of that number. What would 120 people who are your ideal buyer what would it, what difference could it make to your business if they listen to you for, you know, an hour per month? It's a game changer. But again, you just got to get in the game. And as you and Joe know, it's not easy. It's not simple. It takes a bit of time. But anything that's worth having takes hard work. You just got to choose your hard. I think. Yeah, it's consistency as well. I think that's yeah, what yeah. we've learned. You know, if you can put a podcast episode every week out and people will know that the first episodes of the Bookkeepers podcast cannot be found because they were never published because we didn't know what we were doing. And I mean, as I demonstrated this morning, I didn't know what I was doing this morning. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, stuff goes wrong. Like this is this is just real life. Um, but, but that you builds your do... brand, right? So, so to your marketplace, you know, those that want like the really high polished, you know, highfalutin, uh, you know, FCA regulated, here's your bookkeeping advice that's in a leather bound back binder and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they're, they're not your market place anyway the people that want to listen to you are going to resonate with with who you guys are they're going to love the fact that there was a big mess up at the beginning of this podcast episode you know how ironic the podcast guy and the person with the super successful podcast can't get it together to make a podcast sound all right to start with but people that that makes you human and that humanizes your brand which is super important because again your brand is your reputation and the reputation here's another sort of part of that puzzle your reputation you don't control that because it only exists in the mind of your ideal buyer. So your brand to your brand to me and your brand to somebody else is completely different. You want it to be a certain thing. You can curate the narrative for sure. You can try and make me think the thing you want me to think. But ultimately, I own your brand in my mind. That sounded a bit weird. I own your brand. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but people do. And so, so it's really important to, you know, that humanizing aspect. Because a lot of people... We'll listen to this. I guarantee what will happen. A lot of people will listen to this who are hiding because somebody said that already uh, in the chat box. They're hiding. So now they'll start putting out stuff from their company, but they'll hide behind the logo. They'll hide behind sort of the, the, the sort of the facade of, of the business brand. Personal brand far, far exceeds that in terms of power, but you've got to be willing to, to put yourself out there. So don't get me wrong. You don't have to be doing selfies of your lunch every day. And you also don't have to say, you know, on your bad days, everything has gone Pete Tong. But the way that you can share your knowledge, share your information, gain no like and trust from a, from a demographic, from an audience, you, you can't beat it. I'm going to ask you a question that Claire's posted. She said she's struggling. Oh, Claire, she's struggling to think that anyone might want to listen to what I have to say. Any tips for getting over this? I think, yeah, that's a, that is definitely a challenge. I think Joe and I have just waffled away to each other for <laughs> months before we realised anyone had ever listened to the podcast. And it for us, it was a mindset shift. But what what do you say to your clients, James? That that's absolutely it. It's just a shift in mindset. There is always an audience for for you out there. You know, we've done we've we've got a podcast right now um, called the Grand Investigation Podcast, and this is literally aimed at it's a recruitment podcast for um, geological recruiting services. The guy phoned me up and was like, can I do a podcast about that? And I was like, mate, I like a niche, but this is maybe one step too far. But ultimately, it's got hundreds and hundreds of listeners. It doesn't matter how niche it is. Here's the other thing is that everyone's got some knowledge. Everyone's got some experience. Everyone's got some lessons. Now, I have a particular way of growing brands, and it's worked for six, seven-figure companies. It's worked for, you know, 100 million, nine-figure CEOs. But it's not for everybody. I don't profess to know everything. There's probably much better way. You know, I don't know TikTok ads, Facebook ads, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about booming brands in that way. I don't know about utilizing old school print press. That's not my world. So I can share my experience, knowing for whether there are alternative ways to do it. But you've just got to, to, to Claire's point, you've just got to get out of your own way. And just, again, the thing I think that will be the shift for people is stop thinking about, what you want them to hear and start thinking about what you want them to learn. 
as soon as you reframe it in your mind that you're trying to give a learning or a lesson, then then I think that makes it a lot easier. So, for, for example, like last week I interviewed, um, what's his name, Mikey Pierce, who runs his like vegan kitchen brand. He's uh, him and his co-founder on like Made in Chelsea and all this sort of stuff. And I got to sit in front of 250 people. And I could just take a selfie and be like, hey, I'm in front of 250 people. But actually, what was more useful than that, like try and give the learning that he told me. So again, leverage his expertise, his brand positioning. And again, keep just giving lessons back to people because then it feels like branding, not bragging. Because that's most people. And Claire's not unique in that, by the way. So many people, Claire, if you're still listening, think what you think. But just try it. Just try it and see what difference it can make to somebody. Yeah, you know, especially in in the in the bookkeeping space, how many small business owners, you know, myself included, run around and we do, you know, we're building business here, we're scaling stuff up, we've got multiple things going. How many people don't really know their numbers? How many people don't know the basics? How many people in the world of business are going to get bit on the ass because they haven't allocated or accounted for VAT correctly? I start I started accounting for my VAT too late, and all of a sudden there was like, oh yeah, we've got a seven grand bill here, and I was like, oh sure. That's because I didn't ask the right questions because I didn't have that information. So the stuff that you take for granted that you know now, because you've been in the game 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it may be, what is commonplace to you, what is common knowledge to you is not common to everybody else. So just remember that there's so much value in the stuff that, that you've got and just start small. Just try and share a, a learning or a lesson. And again, use experience of the stuff that you're seeing with your own clients because there will be commonalities. Your clients will come to you for with the same issues. You know, oh, you know, I've got a small business owner and his team are out on the road doing sales. And, um, you know, the FD, she's getting really annoyed because no one's keeping their receipts. Oh, did you know that actually on most banking apps and, and most uh, accountancy softwares, there's actually, you can take digital versions of your receipts. And this is how you get your onboard your team to do it. I know it's probably the like, most basic thing in, in bookkeeping ever, but lots of people don't know that stuff. So share what you know uh, in a way that can add value to people. Mm. I, I've thought about this as well. You know, if I was um, I, like encouraged Joe to do YouTube because she's got someone in her family who can help her do the YouTube. But it's like, what would I do if I was running a bookkeeping practice right now and I wanted to start a podcast? And, you know, all of us, you all have clients who run businesses who probably want some exposure. And uh, and I think that, you know, it could be as I don't know what you think about this, James, but it could be as simple as having a 20 minute chat with a business owner about, you know, what's going on in your business? What do you do? Why did you start your business? What have your challenges been around the numbers? And then sharing some kind of insight around it doesn't have to be it could be something like keeping on top of my receipts. It doesn't have to be, oh, my God, I missed my VAT deadline. It's um, it's just something that then gives other people an insight. And I think that you have the network already to start this kind of conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you think about it, imagine if you went like exactly like you said there, Zoe. Imagine if you went to your client and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm actually going to be starting a podcast. Um, I'd love to hear about you and your your lessons and your your business journey, and just find out about how you've got to where you've got to." Um, you know, because the chances are the challenges that you've uh, overcome, a lot of other businesses have as well. I'd love to get you onto a conversation. That uh, geological recruitment podcast, for example, there's only twenty companies in the entire UK that could ever be his client. Only twenty. So he's literally started that podcast as a way to get his foot through the door. So instead of going, oh, hey, you know, can, can I have a coffee with you at some point? Or even worse, hey, would you want to do a digital coffee? I mean, that's the worst offer of all time, by the way. If you're doing that, stop. Um, and he's now going in, instead of a position of going with his begging bowl, going, hello, can I talk to you about my services? He's now going, hey, can I give you something, which is an interview, which could help you to leverage your, to, to, to leverage your brand? It's, it's massively powerful. We did it last week at the business show. We had to stand there. And this is another good thing. You know, look at what everyone else is doing and don't do the opposite because, you know, they sort of say, oh, yeah, watch the herd and then go the other way. Or maybe just do something, just a little bit of a tweak that's different. So we went on to the um, 30,000 entrepreneurs and 750 exhibitors last week. As soon as we went onto the exhibitor list, I started getting hit with, hey, we're at the show. We're going to be doing the photo. We're doing the videos. We're doing this. Can we say this? Can we say this? Can we say this? And I sat with my team. I said, why don't we do something different? Instead of going to people and saying, can we get something from you? Why don't we flip it on his head and say, can we give you something? So we say, we're going to be doing 15 minute interviews so we can exactly to your point. So we can talk to you about your business journey, the learnings and lessons that you've had uh, and direct people towards your booth at the business show. Right. Dead simple. 15 minutes. That was it. I didn't think anyone would really take us up on it, but I had one of my guys mail out to every single exhibitor. We had 37 people 
come and did live interviews with us over the two or booked to do interviews. I said, yeah, only a third of them will turn up, you know, standard that, you know, drop off rates massive for that sort of stuff. So yeah, we'll probably get, you know, 10 out of 37 that are booked, 36 turned up and did it. 36 turned up and did it. And all we did was like, Hey, so tell us about your business. I literally started with, you know, give me the two minute upsell as if we were at a networking event. Tell me, you know, about you and your business. Then from that, they'll tell me something. I'm like, okay, cool. We carry on the conversation for 10 minutes, press the jingle at the end, bing, bang, bong, done. So now I've got 36 interviews with people who we've bashed out over two days. Now here's the thing, right? They are now, I've got another reason to email them. I've got a piece of content that adds value to them. They're already now sharing it across. I saw LinkedIn, someone had used it as their podcast episode for this week and tagged us in. So now we've got an opportunity to sell to those people as well. It wasn't difficult to do. And the other thing you'll find uh, to your point, Zoe, about getting clients on, people love talking about themselves. And imagine if you could find out a bit more about that guest or about that person, or about that client or that customer that you hadn't known about before. And that you've now built up that, that know, like, and trust even more. Here's the other great thing to do. Clients and customers, yes. But what about those people who have sat on the fence? What about those who have thought about becoming a client? You haven't quite got them across the line. Those that have, you know, we've all had them as clients. I've got one at the moment. I've got a funner way to sack her off, quite frankly. But, the, you know, they keep trying to get information out of you. They keep saying that they're going to do it and they never quite pull the trigger and they're sort of like sat on the peripheries the whole time and you know they're never going to do it or, or you need to nudge them over the line even further. Instead of having another one of those sales calls, another Zoom or another, you know, back and forth on email, which is sapping your time, by the way, say to them, do you know what? Because, you know, I love the, the question that you've raised here. I bet loads of other business owners have got exactly the same question. Instead of us, you know, doing a Zoom call, would you mind jumping on and doing a quick podcast episode? Because if it can help, I would love to help you personally. It can help other people as well. Again, you're just shifting that positioning of power. And now someone who's maybe sat on the fence of your services, you get the opportunity to help them for like 15, 20, 30 minutes during this podcast. But effectively, you're giving them consultancy. So now, again, what have you done? You've built up that know, like, and trust. Like, oh, they really know their stuff. Now I'm ready to convert. They've bought into you. Now they'll buy from you. Yeah. And for anyone who's thinking about advisory services and what's the way in, it's asking the questions. What's your goal? Why did you start your business? And helping if you can relate to that and then you can say, well, actually, you know, I can do more than the bookkeeping. I can also do this, which is going to help you get closer to your goal. That's that is the way in those kind of conversations. I love this. I can see everyone saying as well about their new podcast they're going to start and all the names and myth busters and, you know, sort of um, dealing with the things that people said down the pub and stuff. I love this. So this is it's just creative and we don't always think like this. Um, what about so what are the other things that bookkeepers need to be thinking about when it comes to personal brand? Um, I, I don't know that everyone's going to start a podcast, but how can they kind of, you know, we're numbers people. We like to measure things. How can we see whether the effort we're putting in is actually paying off for us what are the things we should be tracking so so one of the things i'd say is as far as possible try to maximize all of the assets that you're making so one of the things and the majority of our clients they are information rich and time poor and that's pretty very similar to to the audience that are listening to to this podcast or listening to the live stream as well information rich and time poor so you've got to leverage the hell out of what you spend your time doing so for example this is a great this is a great use of your time it's going to take you an hour of your time you'll have a conversation which is moderately interesting hopefully maybe it gives you some insights for your own podcast brilliant but you also you're now spitting this out onto linkedin and onto facebook and onto all of your private platforms you could then, if you wanted to, you could then um, get the link from StreamYard. You can put this up onto YouTube and it becomes a YouTube episode. Maybe as a way of uh, leveraging people to come and become part of the community, they get early access. So maybe, for example, you put it on YouTube, but it's hidden. So it's unlisted to the public and it's only members of the community that get to see it first. You could then take it one step further and you could actually then have this podcast transcribed and you could turn this into a blog. And that blog could then go onto Medium and LinkedIn and LinkedIn articles and your mailing list. So now all of a sudden, you've got from that one piece of content, you could then do quote graphics, TikTok, YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts are killing it right now in terms of like driving attention and focus. We had a client a couple of weeks ago and um, you know they came to us and they wanted to do all the paid for stuff straight off the bat. I said, look, you haven't got a brand. Oh, we have. We've got this. I said, you haven't. I said, you, you, you've got a logo. That's not a brand. You need to have a solid bed of content so that if people go and find you organically for your podcast, whatever it may be, they build, they start to build out that no like and trust. No, 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 we're going to do it with paid ads. I said, what have you done before? Yeah, paid ads. I said, what are the results you've had? Oh, not the ones we want. I said, okay, just trust me then. Just trust me that this might work. Let's trust me for 12 weeks. 
you're already you're already a paying client anyway. Please let me do my job as effectively as we can. And last week I put something out about sort of consistency within content. And they put a screenshot, 900% increase, 300% increase in this, 1500% increase in this, that and the other. I mean, don't get me wrong, they were not doing big numbers to start with. So we didn't have much further that we had to jump to make it have a big impact, but it just worked. But what we helped them to do is leverage that asset as far as possible. So they do a recording of something like a podcast, becomes a YouTube video, can go to LinkedIn again, this is what a lot of people do as well. I see getting them wrong. Maybe they are in a B2B space. They spend all their time on Instagram. Instagram's dead. Like, just leave it alone. Don't, don't leave it alone. There's still an audience there. It still could be useful to a certain extent. But if, for example, you've got B2B services, your place is LinkedIn. Play in a place where your audience is. So again, from a podcast episode, you can't upload a whole video as it stands to LinkedIn. Maybe they'll change that at some point. I think you can do 10 or 15 minutes. So cut out a killer clip of the podcast subtitle it because again 80 percent of videos are are read are, are watched on silence so actually people will read it at their at their desk rather than listen to the content make that as a clip again then you've got the transcript which could be the blog the blog you could probably cut into two or three posts that can go out each week your entire week's worth of marketing can come from one long form piece of content if you go into it with the intention to make it repurposable if that makes sense so that would be my my top tip on that one I love this. Um, I mean, we did, we had an in-person event a few weeks ago called our next level retreat. And we went through actually everything we do with the podcast. And I think we, we had about 19 pieces of content that we could get out of the podcast. I know we could probably get back to like 50 if we kept mm. on and on and on. And it's just, it's realizing what you can do. I think people think that creating content is such a massive project and actually it's about being strategic about like, what's the thing I need to be doing and, and how do I replicate that every single time? So, um, um, yeah, I'm that's, that's key to it is to, is to replicate it every single time because consistency is key with any form of marketing and media. So like for, with a podcast, for example, if you launch on like a Thursday, you know, by hook or by crook and get that episode out on a Thursday. The other thing is to, to your point, it's almost outcome thinking, start with the end in mind. What do you want this podcast to do? Cause if you just go into a podcast for the sake of recording a podcast with somebody, you know, you're going to get a certain level of value to that. But actually, if you say, right, and it's a system and a process, you know, we and we have this within the agency, you know, I've got somebody who does all, just audio, somebody who just does video and the graphics, got somebody who's the team manager, I've got somebody else who just does the artwork and all that kind of stuff for us. So that all these departments now, I say departments, it's like four people, it sounds a bit grandiose, but these people have to know exactly what's going on, the system and the process that we've created. So the client sends the audio, then it goes to that person to turn it into that clip. But we start out in advance. We know that we're going to pull for, for most of our clients who are on like our top tier package where we effectively become like their marketing agency for them. Right. But we take, but they have to give us that long form piece of content. So we get the YouTube video, the audio, we get uh, a LinkedIn extended clip, which is ideally between three and seven minutes long. So that's what works on it. We get one or two YouTube shorts, we get one or two TikToks. We get one or two Instagram reels. We will transcribe the podcast into a blog. I say the blog goes on to medium. And it goes on to LinkedIn and it goes on to LinkedIn articles. It goes on to their mailing list. Um, we get graphics that could go onto their Instagram. We were then from the blog, we'll create graphics about the blog's gone out. Then we'll create another one, which is like, did you read our blog a couple of days ago? So your whole marketing plan can come out of it. But effectively, if you've got like a little team around you or, you, or you've got an in-house team who can help you out with this stuff, because again, what I don't want to do is people here go, oh my God, how am I going to do 19 pieces of content? You don't have to. You just have to be intentional, have the strategy to make that content because this stuff doesn't happen by accident. You know, what you and Joe have created with your podcast within the community, it didn't happen by accident. You were intentional with the content. But again, if people have got any question about how powerful personal brand could be in their space, especially for bookkeepers, look at you and Joe. Why are you watching this content? Why are you in their community? Why are you listening to their podcast? Why are you on their mailing list? Because of their brand, because they attracted you to them. Oh. Thanks. Thanks, James. Um, okay. I presume so. so. Maybe you just feel guilty. I don't Maybe know. They have. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to do this Tuesday morning. Um, <laughs> look, um, I know that you've got a really great way for people to check how they're doing with their own personal brand and um, where you can oh, kind yes. of give them some results. Can you tell, can you tell me about that? Cause I think people will be desperate to do this. Yeah. So this is actually like a little quiz. So I, I did a talk at the beginning of, it must be the beginning of this year and it's for 120 property investors. And property investors tend to have a bit of an ego. So it's like, I need to show these people very quickly whether they're doing a good job of their personal brand or not. And it was a big sort of stage event. So it's like, how am I going to get loads of people to do this at the same time? So I've actually created a little quiz. So you can, you guys can actually do this in real time if you're watching now 
or obviously if you're listening to the, the recordings after the, the link will still be um up and running so it's phonic media dot score app.com so that's phonic with a ph so phonic media dot score app.com and there's a little three minute quiz it's going to take you to like a little score app thing and it's going to ask you some questions about your personal brand now what you need to do is to score yourself between one and ten for the content that you've put out there you go it's on the screen now phonic media.scrap.com so what you need to do is score yourself between one and ten for the content that you have put out in the last 30 days because a lot of time I talk to people about core values, mission statement, value proposition, all this sort of stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I've got a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do LinkedIn. Yeah, I do TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But what have you put out in the last 30 days? Because that's all perception of how your brand is perceived. But let's look at the reality of it. And you can go back for 30 days. So it's 10 questions. Rate yourself 1 to 10. 1 being awful. 10 being amazing. And you'll probably score yourself somewhere in between the two. So question one is, would someone be able to look at your content and know exactly who you are and what you do? So for, for your content for the last 30 days, LinkedIn, Insta, TikTok, YouTube, emailers, podcasts, any channel that you're on in the last month only. So one to 10, score yourself there. Question two is how evident, I feel like I'm doing a quiz, question two. It's good. How, I love this because I, like, I can see Kirsty's joining in. She's like, yeah. one, awful. Oh, Kirsty, I don't yeah. I know who you are, Kirsty. I disagree. <laughs> but, this is, but this is brilliant because if you score fantastically well, brilliant, you can see what's already working and carry on. If you score yourself badly, which people normally do, that's brilliant because you can see where there's the room for improvement because the first step to any improvement, anything is a level of self-awareness. You know, walking around, thing. I don't get podcasting. My podcast is not as powerful as it should be. Categorically, every week. It annoys me every week. I did one yesterday calling out FIFA about how bad their brand is. And I'm like, that's not going to get the traction that it needs to get because I'm not doing a good enough job. So we still have got room for improvement. So Kirsty, me and you are in the same boat. We can, we can sail to the shore of success together. So question one, would somebody have to look at your content and know exactly who you are and what you do? Question two, how evident have your core values been across your content? In the last 30 days, how evident between one and 10, how evident have your core values been across your content? And by the way, again, you might be going, well, I haven't got any core values. Then you need to do that piece first. Yeah. Number three. That's interesting, actually, because, I mean, I show up, there's usually a child. That will, if I'm doing a live or something, there's often a child. Mummy, can I do? Can I have an ice lolly or something? And I'm like, well, do you know what? Um, we talk about building a business around your life and this is my life. And uh, it, I think that just shows, you know, what you said about having a really a polished brand or this kind of black I know briefcase or you know, that isn't us and that's yeah. okay and it's important to know that like you're for some people and you're not for other people and it's like choosing what which bits of my life am I going to bring in and that's part of your values isn't it yeah so so one of our values as an agency for example is that fun like if it's not fun I just don't see the point in it. like I'm, I'm an old holiday rep entertainer like i just if i'm not having fun i just i'm not interested i don't want to do it so again that has to come across in our core values um how obvious number three how obvious have your usps or your unique selling points been across your content in the last 30 days only how obvious have your usps been across your content in the last 30 days and again if you go well i haven't actually got any usps then you need to work on that bit first why is this important? You know, for, for me, for example, and again, bookkeepers, there's loads and loads of bookkeepers out there. So you need to make your point of difference obvious. Same as there's lots of podcast agencies. God knows there's more and more of them popping up all the time. You know, I mentioned that we've, you know, we've launched 162 podcasts. Is that unique? Sort of, I guess so. But I was also a failed radio presenter. Is that unique? So I understand broadcasting. Yeah, I guess so. I've run a, you know, from a standing start, I've grown a seven figure business utilizing Podcast is the only marketing channel. Is that unique? Yeah, kind of. Put those things together. Million quid business from a standing start. Um, you know, broadcast experience and launched 160, 162 podcasts. Now I'm super unique. Have I said that in the last 30 days? Probably not, to be fair. So me and Kirsty are probably scoring ourselves a one again there. Uh, number four, have you promoted your mission statement? This is really important. Your mission statement is not just the thing that now sits in a folder in the inner sanctum where we go, we're, our mission is to make loads of money. Don't tell anybody. Because <laughs> like my, my mission as an agency is to help entrepreneurs and business owners to explode their brand, utilizing the power of organic content. I say it that often. I can just reel it off like that. But again, have I said that in the last 30 days? Actually, I have because I told off my social media guy because we hadn't. But that's the only reason. But I've only said it once. So again, score yourself there. And again, if you haven't got a mission statement, get one. Um, number five, does your content talk to your ideal buyer? Oh my God, I see so many people do this. You, you know, talk, I, and I did it again with the podcast agency when I started out, you know, I started talking all technical. 
oh, here's the cable you need. Here's the microphone you need. Blah, blah, blah. People don't care about cables and microphones majority of the time with the podcast. They care about getting their content out there. Like, like nobody cares about, you know, the difference between this microphone and the cardioid frequencies and other microphones. Shut up, man. Like, make me a podcast. That's it. So just make sure, because again, people can get busy making content, but for the wrong people. So um, yeah, does your content talk to your ideal buyer? We're halfway through, guys. Number six, does the content resonate with your target audience? So again, for, for, for Joe and Zoe, for example, based on the brand that they've built, you know, if they were like, you know, did a webinar, like how to how to monetize, you know, all of your clients right now or how to, uh, how to find failing businesses that you can screw over for uh, liquidation s- services. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've just now thrown a bunch of words there that might not even make any sense. But that would, you'd be like, oh, that doesn't sit right. That doesn't really, res- like there is liquidation services. There are hardcore accountancy firms that are, you know, cutthroat. It's just not the brand that Joe and Zoe have created. So again, it would, you'd be like, oh. like, a bravery thing as well like this is why knowing your values is really important um some of our community and our success lounge will know that there have been changes we've made in our business because things have come up like we often get opportunities like we'll have conversations all the time with people who are like can you promote this can you do this and we're like well no we don't use it we don't know what it's like someone else would go great extra income stream but if we don't if it doesn't sit with us we can't endorse something that we're not using or we're not confident in or like we've pulled podcasts before that we're going to go out because we're like, there's an issue here and they're not prepared to talk about it. So we haven't gone ahead with the podcast. So, you know, there are th- whereas someone else might say, well, that's OK, we'll run it like this. And it really comes down to what's right for you and what's your what, what are your values? Yeah, it's because you guys have got a really clear audience. Well, you know exactly who you want to speak to and you know what they expect from you. Because there's a it's, it's, just, it's a two way thing, this sort of branding game. There's a brand that you've created and then there's a brand that you have to be. You know, you guys have, you know, branding should put you on a pedestal. And I'd say in your sector, I don't know any other bookkeepers, you know, maybe because I don't know that many bookkeepers, but I don't know any bookkeepers who are sort of famous in their space like you and Joe are. So there's an expectation now. You, you, you've you got to be the message that you preach because you've got a lot of people who rely on you. So to heat the pressure on you. No, it's true. It's but true. It is true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number seven, does your content include a call to action or a CTA that drives traffic to one of your platforms? Again, I see so many people get this wrong. You make content and you're like, hey, I'm here, here on Instagram or on LinkedIn. That is not your platform. You could get cancelled at any time. You know, if you're on Twitter, well, Unless you're mates with Elon Musk, who's a madman, by the way. Um, but yeah, the, all of those platforms, you don't control them. You know, I had my Facebook account. I, I, I said I had this business that went from a standing start to seven figures. I had a Facebook account that had you know, years and years worth of credibility on it. It literally seen my journey from start. It was, I think it was from 2008 or something. It just got cancelled. I was like, are you in Ho Chi Minh City? I was like, nope. And it was like, got shut down. Could never get it back. Our Instagram got taken down as well, and we had to do heaps of appealing. It went on for months. Yeah, did you get it back? We got it back. Yeah. See, but, I never got um, my Facebook account back. I never. And I, had, no. I, you know, my old wedding photo. That's why I've still got my rubbish old Instagram because I had my wedding photos on there. I've also got an album. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the only. I'm not accusing Mark Zuckerberg because I was too tight to buy a photo album. But all that credibility, all those first podcasts I ever launched, I've got no. I've got no, I haven't got them now. And my first one was like a clip art image. It looked bloody awful probably. But again, I can look back at it now, five years later and go, that podcast went into the top charts and stayed there. I was in the top 20 for six months with a podcast I made with a 50 quid mic off my dining room table when I was broke. Like, I haven't got that now. So but again, my fault, because I didn't, I didn't take people from that podcast and put them onto a mailing list, for example, mm-hmm. onto an active came or, or a MailChimp. Now I know that they're, they're third party platforms, but you own that data. And, it, and you don't have to put a call to action on everything, by the way. I in fact, I don't think you should. But at least a few times a week, you need to be driving people somewhere that gets you their data, where you own that data. You know, for, for example, with the, the the mailing list, you know, you could do like a, a short version on LinkedIn. Say you want to find out more, join our mailing list. We're doing this on the mailing list. Like bang, bang that stuff out because then you control it. Again, with the podcast, it's one of the only places you don't have to pay to play. You know, I, I get thousands and thousands of downloads a month. Again, not like a brag thing because I've been doing it for quite a long time, but I don't have to pay to get to that audience. Not like Facebook. If you follow my page, I now still got to, I've got you there in the first place. And now I've got to keep paying to show you my content every week. People will listen to that podcast again and again. Um, Number eight, how well does your content really represent your brand? How well really does it represent your brand? And again, that's a bit of a, 
uh, subject to your own, um, you, you know, d- decision there. But just be honest with yourself. If you're looking at it going, oh, actually, it looks a bit pony. Like, just be honest with yourself. Um, and again, it, you know, does it does it really represent your brand? Does it tell people the thing that you want them to know? Uh, number nine, how well did the visuals within your content and online platforms represent you? I see this a lot. People have got a logo and they think that's the only bit of imagery that they need to have. And the rest of it is, you know, like some stock imagery. You know, if you're talking about like doing a doing a business event, it's just like, you know, that standard whiteboard photo of like some person. Like, use you. People buy into you. No one wants to see Mr. Clipart guy. No one cares what's behind that pen because we know he's not writing nothing. Uh, and finally, number 10, how proud, and again, this is, you have to sort of like have a little listen to your, your inner voice here. How proud do you feel when you look at your branded content that's been posted in the last 30 days? How proud do you feel when you look at your branded content you've posted in the last 10 days? Again, vote yourself one to 10. Ordinarily, people will score themselves somewhere between 40 and 60%. So if you're above 60%, you've done well. If you're below 40%, you've got room for improvement. But again, the first step to any form of self-improvement is self-awareness. And again, this is, I would come back and do this every 30 days as well, by the way. That link, it's a, it's a free test. It's not going to charge you or anything. Come oh. back and do it. You know, stick it in the calendar every 30 days. Come back and do it. And go, right, what did I get better? Because I still do it. You know, as, every time I coach this to people, I'm like, Oh, I still haven't put out the mission. I've still haven't done the USPs thing. We still not got the messaging quite right. This is ever evolving and ever changing. So it's not like a score myself 90 done because this is organic content. You've got to go again next month and next month and next month. But this might have all sounded like a lot of hard work. And in a lot of instances, it is hard work. But this is the difference between standing out from the crowd and just being another. You know, there's lots of podcast agencies. There's cheaper podcast agencies. We're not the super expensive. We're not super cheap. We're probably somewhere bang in the middle. But people will use us as opposed to going for a cheaper option because they value what we do because of the brand that we've created. And and, and you guys can can do the same. Even even you, Kirsty, because now oh. we know what we where we've got to go. Me and you, Kirsty, we'll get there together. It's good. I'm, I'm seeing people's scores. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are people who someone said they were 19. percent There's someone else who said 10. Uh, 12%. Mine um, mine came out at 77. I will say, though, that obviously... Oh, we, who does she is? I think, yeah, who do I think I am? But I, we have a plan, like, we have a strategy and we roll it out and we do yeah. the same thing every week and we're consistent. So there are still things, like, we haven't shared our mission statement. I know where it is. <laughs> I can share that. I'll do that today. Yeah. Um, like, there are things that we can do, definitely things that we can improve. Um, oh, look, Morag said 60%. I love that. Go on, Morag. I want to know what Morag's doing. Um, so share it. But, that, think- but that's great. What you've said that scoring 77 is is a fantastic score. And but you know how much hard work has gone into getting it where it is now. It's su- such a danger with people who've got an elevated platform. You 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 sit, you and Joe sit in an elevated platform because of the brand positioning that you've created through bloody hard work, mm. through constant content, constant, constant, constant. You know, even on days off, I don't have days off from doing content because it's important to drive it for your business. And by the way, this is a decision that you have to make. If at the end of this conversation, you've gone, do you know what? I'm quite content where I'm at. I don't really want to play the brand game. I don't want to have to be busy all the time. I'd rather work nine to five and then spend, you know, five till nine with my family. Then that's cool. But that's a decision that you're making. But make that decision. Decide for yourself. But if you are looking to stand out from the crowd, then, then personal brand is the fastest way to do it and pretty much i believe the only way to do it yes you can generate leads from facebook ads and that kind of stuff but it's not building long-term brand and we, well, i've got a sales call today actually with a guy amazingly um successful um ppc advertising agency but he needs to help to build his brand he can get more eyeballs on his content but it's not building his brand it's two different things yeah yeah it, and, and i think that's it like anyone who's whatever your score's been today there will be some there will be a question that came up in that quiz where you can go yeah i could do that i could make a change there and i think it's about make starting to make those small changes if you can make a 1% change that's going to make a difference to your business yeah. so don't focus on like i need to get to 100% focus on how can i make a marginal improvement and then when i come back to this next month then i can take it from there because i've got this new base to work from but um, block it in your block it in your calendar as well. That's what I think. Because again, with the system and the process, the mum like, oh, it's all right for that because she can pay for a team now and stuff, and that's fine. You know, uh, again, for me, I've got an in-house team, and we still don't get it right all the time. But we've literally in my in my Google calendar, I know like on a Monday, a branding blog goes out. On a Thursday, a podcast 
a, a blog goes out. I know that I have a clip from a podcast on a Tuesday. I know from on a Wednesday, I have a testimonial. I know on a Friday, I will uh, post a mission statement or a USP. Like that is already in the, in the calendar. Cause then what you can do, if you're being super, super clever, if you're working with like, maybe you've got, you know, you haven't got the budgets for sort of in-house agencies and stuff. Maybe you're working with like a VA or you've got some Fiverr support or whatever it may be. You can do, do it in your Google calendar, write what days of the week you're going to do stuff. Then in the description, you can actually write the copy. And then if you've got somebody who's making you some graphics or some videos or some clips, they can put a link in that in that description for you. So you can bounce out to where it's hosted on Google Drive. So you can go, right, Monday's a blog. I'm going there. I can see the description for the blog. I can see the link to the blog. I can download it from there. Bosh, you're done. It's it's not it's not easy, but it doesn't have to be super difficult either. Oh, I love this. Oh, James, there have been so many amazing tips today. And lots of people are saying I need to go back and I need to listen again. And um, we 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 definitely should chat again. Um, really yeah, enjoyed sure. this. Thank you. How can people find out more about you and connect with you? Um, come and find me on LinkedIn probably would be the best place for this community. So James Burt, B-U-R-T-T. I'm on LinkedIn over there. I'd love to connect with as many of you as possible and see if I can help you out and let me know how you got on with your scores and stuff as well. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, James. And thank you everyone who's been here for the whole session. It's been amazing. Extra long one, but I think we've had so much value this morning. Um, we'll be back at two o'clock. I've got a session. We're talking to Ashley Leeds about building your brand on LinkedIn. So I'll see you back at two o'clock. Have an amazing morning. Can, can I come at two? Is that okay? Come and no, join us. I need that one. I need that one. <laughs> see you at two. Thanks everyone. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week for the Bookkeepers podcast, the topical bookkeeping chat, why not join our free Facebook community, Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.